0: Good morning church. How are we going today? You guys are on fire. You're on fire. Hey, I want you just to stay standing just for a few moments and uh, welcome to everyone who's visiting us this morning. Uh, If this is your first time with us, so delighted that you're here. If you're visiting family, great to have you. If you're having a weekend on the coast, why wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't you stay, really? Uh, if, you live, if you're looking for a church uh, and a friend's brought you along or you found us on the internet, whatever it is, uh, maybe you just want to kind of, you felt that tug of it's time to get back and connect with God. Whatever it is that's brought you along, we're so glad you're here. And I want to just encourage you to enjoy this morning. I pray that you're already enjoying it, that God's going to speak to you uh, as we come around His Word in a few moments. There's been a few references already to a, this is the last day. This is day seven of a seven day of continuous prayer in our church. Um, And so this is, there's there's people actually right now, I think Jackson and Jess just clicked over, right? You did eight till nine, right, Jackson? I hope you did because we were relying on you to cover that hour. You were on the spreadsheet. I had a look before. Um, And so there's people right now who are praying for the next hour and then all, all the way through till midnight tonight someone in our church will be praying. And, and you know what? It's not too late. If you're like, oh, I just missed out. You can join us today, somewhere today and grab an hour. Just pray for an hour. I know people have been praying without sort of put it, texting in and joining in. But we've got this website, C3 Power Road, and it will explain uh, exactly what we're doing. You can go there and check it out. But this has been a God strategy for us. And I'm reminded that on that, that the Israelites spent seven days walking around the walls of Jericho. And on day seven, they gave a huge shout together when, and the walls came down. And uh, the, the the thing we're praying for, we're praying for God to sell some land that we already own. We're we're praying for God to change the hearts of some owners of land at Power Road who have said that they don't want to sell to us uh, for less than, unless even if we offered double, they said we they wouldn't sell to us. So we're praying. Oh, that's like a te- that's a temptation to God or or a test of God. It's like I dare you. Okay, all right. So we're praying into that together right now. And this is what I'd like us to do. It's one thing to pray in your your own for an. An hour. And uh, can I just tell you, if, it, if you found it challenging, welcome to the club. I mean, praying for an hour, it's work. It's work. It's not like, wow, the glory of God filled the room. I was up at four a few times. I'm like, come on, God, give us the land. Give us the land okay, that's five minutes. God, give us the land. Give us the land. Who, who had that kind of experience? Come on. Don't lie to me. It's okay though. It doesn't matter if you, you, you didn't encounter God. It's it's actually the knocking and the continual knocking and the continual knocking. And that all builds up. And the, the Bible says our prayers are like, uh, collected in heaven. And then one day, if you've ever been to like a, a um, children's park where the water just keeps going up and filling the bucket, and one day it goes, boom, it tips. Our prayers are being stored up in heaven, and then one day, boom, it's going to tip. We're going to sell that land. Boom, it's going to tip. We're going to buy that land, miracle after miracle. Miracles in your life are going to happen simultaneously as you press in for this together, okay? So it's one thing to pray for an hour privately, but when we get together, the Bible, there's another dynamic. There's another. That's why I'm so looking forward to united this week when we get to pray together. You know, we're going to pray into that all together. It's a lot easier when you pray together than when it is on your own. But I want us right now in a few moments just to let up a shout of victory. Just in a few moments. I want us to agree together that something has been shifting in the realm of the Spirit over this week as we have prayed. And we're going to join together. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to lift up a great shout. It will reverberate in the Spirit realm. It will will uh, set off reactions in the heavenly realm. On the count of three, let's give a shout to God. One, two, three. Jesus, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. Holy, 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 you're magnificent, you're magnificent. Down. Let every obstacle bow at the name of Jesus. Every principality and power be brought low in the name of Jesus. We speak to every prince of the air. You're broken and bound in Jesus' name. We glorify, we magnify you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray just as we've been gathering, as we've been praying, as we've been seeking you, Lord, I know that there are breakthroughs in the atmosphere, Lord, for our church, but for families and for people in our church, and I pray right now for the release of miracles from heaven over lives. I pray the doors that have been closed will open. I pray obstacles that have been obstructing will be removed. I pray that mountains that have been blocking us will be leveled out. I pray path valleys will be built up, that you would prepare away where there seems to be no way. Lord, that oceans will open up and people will walk through. Lord, that spouses and loved ones will turn to Christ as a result of this breakthrough prayer. I pray miracles, answered prayer, houses, favour, jobs, promotion, business success. I pray healing and deliverance and breakthrough from the enemy's plans. In the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said... Amen. Come on. Give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Turn to one neighbor. Give him a high five and say, it's our time. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's your turn. And then grab your seat this morning. God bless you. God bless you. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence well i was going to prophesy over somebody, but they left the room. Oh, bad timing all right i 'll wait till I see them again it 's all good it 's all good well, i 're so proud of your church and uh, just what you 're doing standing with us together on, on the verge of of great things that god 's doing that will be that will echo in eternity but will make an impact right across our nation. I believe what god 's doing in our midst right now it 's It's wonderful. Thank you, band. You can grab your seats. You've done a great job. Come on, give them a great hand you can uh the song we sang this morning is up on youtube if you google c3 kiwana waters promises uh you'll be able to listen along to that and i think uh it's heading lisa towards itunes and spotify is this correct sometime soon yeah sometime soon i'm sure it will be That's another public question don't you love those (laughs) come on this is lisa moore everybody stand up she is the genius behind all of our worship team our worship pastor does a great job Oh, uh, that's awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, hey, uh, I want to continue on this theme from last week. And last week we, we put the uh, we're beginning of a series on the values of our church and our, the vision of our church is to build a church where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed, right? That's what we're all about. Here it is, to build a church. So we're, we're church-centric. We believe church is the gate of heaven. We believe church is what God wants to build to bring His life into the into the world today. So we're building a church where Jesus is glorified. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what He's done in people's lives and what He wants to continue to do in people's lives. So where Jesus is glorified and lives are transformed. Tonight at our baptism service is a great, Party of people whose lives have come out of darkness and they come into light. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have music and we're we're going to hear stories. I'm going to interview people. It's going to be a bit different to normal. And it's going to be a time where we celebrate lives beginning the journey of transformation, okay? And then that's a continual process. You never stop being transformed. So that's our aim that we're continuously transformed into the image of Christ. We fulfill our purpose. We've got a number of values, about twelve. And so last week I began to talk about this one, the the, the value of prayer. It goes like this we are a praying church. Our church is a praying church. We take spiritual territory through front-footed faith-filled prayer. So I want you to say that after me all together, and we'll start with our church. Ready? One, two, three. Our church is a praying church. We take spiritual territory through front-footed, faith-filled prayer. Is that right? Who believes that? Awesome. Okay. So that's, that's us. And so last week I spoke about targeted prayer. A targeted prayer is where you lock in on a specific thing that God has said, and you just lock in on it. You do business with God. It's not based on our relationship. It's us coming to the courtroom of heaven and saying, uh, the second thing was reminding God of his promises, saying, God, you promised this, and we're going to knock on the door until you answer that prayer. And the third thing was we pray like a broken record. We just pray, and the Bible says that we're, Jesus taught us to pray in such a way that God would answer us because He gets sick of us, in, in essence, because we wear Him down. We give Him no rest until He answers our prayer. That's what we've been doing this week. We give Him no rest. You can listen to that podcast along the way. It's not necessarily easy or anointed. It's work. You, you, you actually are doing the work of prayer. You're pressing in into that realm. Uh, now what you've got to make sure is if that's what you're doing a lot of praying that way is that you actually um, ma- make sure that there's worship as well. Make sure that there's communion and fellowship with God so that if you've got that going, you, you kind of get filled up. The, the work of, of targeted prayer needs to get refreshed with a place of worship, needs to get refreshed with a place of waiting on God. Targeted prayer is not about an experience that you have. It's about praying through until God answers. Does that make sense? And so you've got to mix that with worship and waiting on God and enjoying Him and loving Him so that you get filled back up to do the work of targeted prayer. Hopefully that helps someone today. You're in church today, so you're you're being helped already. Uh, and so the thing that I want to talk about this morning, I want to keep going with this under pra- under prayer, but I want to talk about prevailing prayer prevailing prayer. I want to add to targeted prayer. And the title of this morning's message is this, don't stop praying. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stop praying. About 23 years ago, uh, I was in this church in its very early days. Danielle was in this church in its very early days. Our parents were part of the foundation of this church. And uh, Danielle began to like me. Now, some of you would say that was a gift of mercy downloaded to her from God at that time, obviously. Others would like to go more with what I believe is how could she help herself? Like that's how, that's how I like to, That's how, she's only human, how, that's, you know, it may be deception, but that's what I'd like to believe. And uh, she'd actually, God had spoken to her as a 16 year old and said, uh, when she saw me speak once, that's the man you're going to marry. And, uh, and anyway, she, she never told me until we got married, which is a good tip for all of those out there who think maybe I should hear from God. Uh, but anyway, so she began this journey of, of, yes, she liked me, but she was she was living on the coast on weekends, but working as a nurse in Brisbane. And every time she would drive over King John Creek, has anyone ever driven over King John Creek? If you've been to Brisbane, you've driven over King John Creek. Next time you go to Brisbane and drive over King John Creek, I want you to think of this message, don't stop praying. You can also think of Danielle's perseverance of don't stop praying, or you can think Thank God she got the answer to her prayers. Because every time she were, she drove over that bridge, she would say a very simple prayer. God, now we weren't going out, but she'd pray this, God, I love John and I want to marry him and I commit it to you. Every time, right? Is that right, baby? Am I am I uh, it's your story going up. Going down there, coming back, she would pray it every time. God, I love John and I want to marry him and I commit it to you. She prayed that prayer until eventually the scales that were on my eyes fell off by the power of the Holy Spirit. I was actually, I had a list of everything that I wanted in a girl and Danielle happened to be my, bro, my, my best mate's little sister who I hung around with all the time. And then one day as I discussed my list, heaven opened and I saw that this girl was the girl of my list, the girl of my dreams. And suddenly Cupid shot an arrow from the top of the, <laughs> the corner. It hit my heart and I said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Or words to that effect, anyway. I don't know, I'm making it up. So so anyway, this is what happened. The scales did fall off my eyes, and the pursuer became, the the pursued became the pursuer. We went out on a date, we went out to the movies, and suddenly I sent, uh, you know, as I began, this is the one, oh wow, and I began to pursue, I sent her a a red rose after our first date at the movies, and suddenly the sign of answered prayer came into the hospital floor in in the Brisbane Women's Hospital, and at that moment, Danielle stopped the praying, because she felt like the prayers had been answered and began the journey of our love together. I know, right? I know. I know. All right. I want to use that this morning, is that she prayed until she saw the signs, she saw something come to pass. And this morning, we're going to look at someone in the Bible that God talked about in the New Testament. He's an Old Testament character, but in the New Testament, as an example of how we should pray. And his name's Elijah. And in James chapter 5, it talks about Elijah and it says, it's talking about prayer. It says, I'll pick it up halfway through. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. An effective, fervent, passionate, focused prayer of God's people is effective. And it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was just a normal human being. He wasn't anything special in in the sense that he was different to us. He was normal. He had a nature just like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And Elijah is held up here as something that we can all be like, pray effective, fervent prayers, and they can be answered. And so if you go back and go, well, what, what was the story? How did this happen? The Bible tells us, and it's 1 Kings chapter 18, but the essence of it is that the Israelites had turned away from God. Under the leadership of Ahab and Jezebel, they began to worship the prophet of Baal. And so this whole nation turned to Baal. And God, uh, Elijah prayed that God would send a drought because he wanted God to get the attention of the children of Israel so that instead of them walking away from God, he would would apprehend them through these circumstances to turn their heart back to God. God has a habit of allowing circumstances in our life that will will, uh, apprehend us because he wants our heart to turn to him. You might be here today and you have been, at, and you find yourself in a crisis of some sort. And I'm not saying God's caused the crisis, but God has a habit of using crises in our lives to get our attention to turn us back to Him. It could be a relationship crisis, a financial crisis, a health crisis. Maybe it's a crisis of purpose or it's a crisis of confidence, but you find yourself with a pressure on the inside wondering, am I going in the right direction? Because this has apprehended your attention. Can I suggest that the purpose behind the crisis often is this, that God loves you and He wants your attention and He wants relationship with you and He'll use anything to captivate you, to turn to Him so that once you turn to Him, He will begin to work both in you and for you in your life. He wants your heart for Him. And if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, or you've been walking away from God, at the end of the service, I'm going to give an opportunity to pray a prayer that essentially says, I'm going to turn around and begin to follow God in my life today. All right, so this is where Israel finds themselves. And Elijah's praying, and, and, he, and he challenges them to a, to a showdown on the top of Mount Carmel. And they begin and, and he says, "Let all the prophets of Baal do, do, get a, 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 an altar, and they'll call down fire to burn up their altar. I'll build an altar with a sacrifice on it. I'll call down a, a fire from heaven." And the, the short of that story is, they couldn't get fire from their God because he wasn't real. But he got, but God, the God of heaven sent fire on Elijah's altar and burned up not just the sacrifice, but the stones and everything because his God was real. And so there's that, there's that story. But what I want to talk about is what happened next. Is that there, there was this great breakthrough moment, but the drought wasn't broken. It is possible to have a breakthrough moment and experience a a moment of a shout or a sense of breakthrough and God doing something, but it doesn't actually bring the, the breakthrough, the miracle that you really need in your life. And that's why Elijah teaches us how to pray. You see, prayer is always a showdown between two kingdoms prayer is always a showdown between the, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light prayer is always a showdown between God's will and purpose for your life and my life and for planet Earth and the demonic assignments that are trying to block God's will coming to pass God has orchestrated it he's set it up that prayer is the only way that his will is being released to planet Earth he's taken a massive risk because he said my will is the world would know me and that all would be safe but his limits and and links his power to come into planet earth to the prayers of the saints. It's the only way God's will comes to planet earth. That's why Jesus said, pray when you pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is relying on us to pray the will of God into reality. We go on and we say, okay, then in 1 Kings 18, 41, we pick up this story. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound... Of abundance of rain. I don't know what the sound of abundance of rain is. Can I suggest to you that it wasn't that he could hear thunder in the, in the distance. He couldn't even see a cloud. The, the sound of abundance that he could hear was a sound in his spirit. There was something in the spirit realm that his ear was inclined to. God's up to something right now. But he said, I'm not going to just rely on the sound. I'm not going to rely on the sense I'm not going to rely on the feeling of God. I'm going to pray until we see the cloud that shows the rain. I'm going to pray till I get the rose, would you believe? Elijah said, so Ahab went up and he said, go, you eat and drink, Ahab. But Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees. He got into the position of prayer. He locked in, he got on his knees, put his head down and he got into the position of prayer. And the Bible tells us that he sent his servant to go and look for a sign. Do you you see any clouds yet? And he's on his knees, the Bible tells us, praying. And he's praying, God, send that rain. God, send that rain. God, send that rain. God, I can hear the sound of it. I can sense it. I know it's your will, but I'm not going to shift out of this position. You'll notice that Elijah doesn't get up out of the position of prayer himself and go and look for the cloud himself. He sends the servant. He does not want to let his circumstances dictate to him how he's feeling or what he's seeing or what he's sensing. He stays. He's like, "No, I'm going to send my servant. You go and look and tell me what you see. You can't see anything. I'm not going to move. You go and look and tell me what you see. Nothing yet. It's okay. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to prevail in prayer. I'm not going to stop praying until something not just sounds different in my spirit, but till something looks different in the natural realm." because prayer is pulling something of the potential of god out of the spirit realm into the natural realm but i'm here to tell you today don't stop praying don't stop praying you might have been praying for a miracle for your husband or your kid to get saved you've got a great scripture that's encouraged you but don't stop praying You might have seen a vision while you were in prayer this week and and God's shown you something that He's gonna do and you're all excited about it because you saw the vision, you think it's just gonna happen. Can I tell you today, don't stop praying. It might look like you might have had this prophecy or a text scripture, like a a text scripture to you, a text text texted to you. A scripture texted to you from a friend. You're like, that's exactly what I've been believing. Wow, does that mean God's answered the prayer now? No, 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 no. It means he's just encouraging you with a sound in your spirit, a sound of what he wants you to do. But he wants you to hold the position of prevailing prayer. Don't stop praying. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. You go, well, hang on a minute, I've been in this position of prayer and, and I've been praying to God and calling in His promises and nothing's happened. There's no cloud. There's no rain. There's nothing. There's not even a wind. Don't stop praying. Your circumstances haven't changed. Your, your kid said, I'm never coming to church. Don't stop praying. The guy said, no, no, I'm not going to sell that land to you. It'll be the last thing I do. Don't stop praying. Don't rely on your circumstances. Don't rely on what you can see with your natural eyes. Listen to the sound in the Spirit, but hold the position of prayer. The, the number seven in the Bible is a continuous number. It's a, perf- a number of perfection. It's not a literal number. It means you pray that Jesus said, uh, forgive 70 times seven. You go, okay, four, 490, and then that's it. No, no, no. It's like a continuous continuous so when he's prayed seven times it means you just pray until something happens you just pray until God moves in your circumstance you don't take your foot off the prayer accelerator turn to your other neighbor and say don't stop praying the loan didn't get approved don't stop praying The bank said no, don't stop praying. Your your, your health hasn't turned around yet, don't stop praying. The girl said no, don't stop praying. There's no answer, don't stop praying. Come on, somebody. All right. So what happens when we're praying then? I want to talk this morning about three things that can happen when we're holding the position of prayer. Prayer three things that can can happen and you're like all right I'm locked in prayer I'm filled with faith it's not a matter of that we've had 800 hours of continuous prayer in church this week that, that that's the beginning where something's shifting, something's happening, but we got to hold that position of prayer. That's why praying together corporately and united this week is going to be so powerful. If you've never been, come along at seven o'clock on Wednesday night and join together as we shout out and cry out to God. Don't stop praying. You might consider over, for, for our church over the next uh, week or a couple of weeks. You, you know, you've done an hour, maybe an hour a day. Some of you did the midnight shift, like the between twelve and four. Who did between twelve and four this week in the morning? give me a wave good job good job that's that's awesome but you might not have to do that but maybe you could just go I'm going to pray an hour every week you know I'm just going to keep that position of prayer I'm going to keep locking in as a church until we see the cloud come until we see the shift come but here's three things that can happen while you're praying the first thing that can happen is demonic opposition you're like okay okay I know this is the most powerful position that I can hold, the position of prayer, because when I started to pray about whatever the miracle is, and I'm teaching this about prayer, and I'm using the land as our corporate journey, but this applies to your own personal life, okay? Same principle. That's why why we're in this at the moment. But you can begin to pray for something and target in on prayer, and suddenly the devil knows you're, you're you're in the power position, the position of prayer is the power position in your life. So he will do whatever he can do to shift you out of it. So you start to pray. Josh was telling me, for pretty much his hours this week's of praying, something went wrong in every one of those hours, right? He started to pray the first time in the middle of the night, two in the morning, and she started having demonic dreams and like really disturbed sleep. What is that? That's opposition. Trying to get you out of your position of prayer. Then, then the, the next uh, two nights later, he's praying, and they're in a new place, and the bathtub overflows, or the plumbing doesn't work, and it leaks through from well, the top story to the down the, the, the story below. While he's praying, you're like, "God, I'm praying. Shouldn't I get be getting blessed?" No, the enemy knows. Here's he's what happens: the enemy knows you're in a place of power, so he's going to do whatever he can do. Your kids will get sick. Your wife will manifest. Your husband will manifest. Your, you'll start to fight. You'll you'll find sickness comes your way. Financial problems will come. The washing machine will break, whatever it will be. And if you, in that moment of prayer, you're in the position of prayer, you're locked in on prayer, but the enemy's trying to get you out of that prayer. If in the moment of prayer, you're like, stuff, blah, 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 blah. You've just created your ceiling your spiritual sealing on your life so the enemy knows, okay, if I give them a migraine, that's going to shift them out of their place of prayer. So that's all I've got to do. If I get their kids sick, that positions them out of their place of prayer. That's all I've got to do. If I give them a bill unexpected in the mail, that discourages them so much that will shift them out of their place of power. That's all I've got to do. He'll stir up some, you know, the devils he's not like a crazy uh, smart. He just knows history. He can't see the future. He just knows, well, that worked, so I'm going to keep doing that and, and because that's now my strategy. And when that doesn't work anymore, he'll give up for a while. You prevail, and then he'll try something else. But he'll just try and get you out of your position of prayer because it's so powerful. That's the first thing we'll do. The second thing you'll do in terms of opposition, so the first one is all hell will break loose. Who's had that this week? All right, there we go. The second one, you're in the right place. You're like, Excellent. The second one is this, things just get worse. You're praying for this and, you know, Moses says, we're going to deliver us from the people's slavery, from from Egypt. We're going to deliver us. It's going to be awesome. We got a word from God. It was amazing. The bush, you know, it lit up and talked to me. Uh, You know, I threw my rod on the floor. It became a snake. I picked it up. It became a rod again. God's for us. We're going to get delivered. This is going to be awesome. They're like, whoa, the deliverer's here, Moses. Goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh goes, impressive, but nah, you can start making your own mud bricks now. You can do double what you used to do. It's like, hang on a minute. The promise was you'd, you'd give us a house and now we've been kicked out of our rental. The promise was that, that we'd get healed and suddenly there's another condition. The promise was this, the promise was that, whatever it was. And the kingdom reversal kicks in because the enemy knows. Here's what he wants to do. He wants to shift you out of your position of prevailing prayer where the power is. And if he can get you discouraged that this is not working, this seems to be getting worse. If he can discourage you and shift you, he's like, boo, yeah, I won again. Opposition is part of the journey. Once you know it, you're like fantastic you know half of me is expecting the the guys at power road to sell the land to someone else and get a contract on it like I it doesn't bother me because i'm like because then it's like the lord going so what are you going to believe the circumstances or are you going to believe my promises are you going to believe the circumstances or the promises god we're going to believe your promises all the way through we're going to stand on your promises and we are gonna don't stop Praying. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to stop praying. All right. The next thing that happens, there's opposition. There's delay. Delay, delay, delay. Sometimes delay is due to demonic opposition. Okay. Sometimes you got to understand the prayer realm is so much about what's going on in the realm of the spirit. And, And somehow I don't understand exactly. The Bible actually doesn't tell us fully. But somehow, when you and I are praying, there's a correlation between our prayers and not just God answering, but the answer getting to planet Earth. You'll find in the book of Daniel, interesting what happens is Daniel finds that that Jeremiah prophesied that there would be a period of 70 70 years of being in slavery to another people. And then at the end of that period, they would cry out to God and God would deliver them from captivity. So he's got a promise. He finds it. He remembers it. He brings it to God and he sets himself to fast and pray for 21 days for the the deliverance of the children of Israel from captivity. And he he begins to pray. And at the end of the 21 days, he gets a visitation from an angel. And an angel says this in Daniel 10, 12 to 13. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Day one, 12 o'clock at night, Sunday morning, last Saturday morning, or Monday morning, someone began to pray and God says, yes, I've got this. Yes, I've got this. I'm sending an answer through angelic beings. The Bible doesn't go into this in a lot, but it just gives us this, this sense we don't pray for angels to do stuff. We pray to God, but He uses angels to send answers. And He sends an answer, the Bible, in, in this situation. And so I have come in answer to your prayer, says the angel. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. The spirit prince, we're talking about a demonic prince who has an assignment over a nation. And he is opposing. The answers come from the from the throne room of God, the third heaven, but it fights its way through the the second heaven, the spirit realm, the the realm that you and I don't see. And there's a battle between God's uh, God's assigned army to bring the answer, and the devil's assigned prince. He's not a king; he's a prince. That's why the Bible says there are principalities and powers. There are regions for princes. It's funny, you can go to to streets. I've read about Brazil and uh, I can't think of the country right beside it. Uh, But you can go, and on one side of the street, you can preach and people get saved like that. And you walk to the other side of the street because it's the boundary of the nations. And the other side, people are hard and, and, and yell at you and scream and do not respond. Why? Because the prince over that nation has been dealt with in prayer, but the prince over the other nation is still being dealt with in prayer. And the result of what's happening in the spirit realm echoes in the hearts of everybody under that realm of authority. So while you and I are praying, and he says, I, I was opposed for 21 days. It blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. I, I, the Bible doesn't go into it a lot because I don't think God wants us to be too distracted with ser- with searching it out and becoming experts in it. If God wanted us to become experts, he would have spoken a lot more about it. Yeah. But what he wants us to understand, this thought, is while we are praying to God, not to angels, while we are praying to God, heavenly hosts of angels, the army of heaven, are being empowered to overcome the darkness. There are are principalities and powers over the Sunshine Coast that have been opposing God's principalities for us in this area. And while we're praying, it's like what happens while we pray? Our prayers energize those angels. You know in the Bible when Moses stood on the mountain praying and in the battle Joshua would win while he was in a position of prayer because it was like something was going on spiritually while he was praying. They were winning. When he stopped praying, they began to lose. I believe that's what happens in the spirit realm. While we're praying, the angels are empowered and have authority for the answers of God. When we stop praying, they begin to get opposed and delay kicks in. This is good preaching, isn't it? It's helping us understand what's going on in the realm of the spirit while we're praying because it gives fuel to our prayer as we pray. So here's the answer. Don't stop praying. Turn to your neighbor, your other neighbor, say, don't stop praying. Whatever the answer you need from heaven is, delay might be coming. That delay might be demonic opposition. There's a fight going on. The more significant the breakthrough, probably the longer it's going to take. We haven't been praying for breakthrough for seven days. We've been praying for breakthrough for a decade. We just have different seasons and moments of prayer as we put the foot down in the sense of what God's calling us to do. The other thing, and the other reason, is we can have delay, is because God's playing chess. He's, he's just—he's got it all. He's got it all sorted. like yeah now if i move this person over there they'll think that you know if if they crucify jesus they'll think that they've won but actually the crucifying of jesus is my master move and in the crucifix in jesus's crucifixion comes the defeating of death and comes the defeating of of every sin and in that moment the, the the enemy thought that was his master stroke but once he's defeated god sits in heaven and goes checkmate Jesus goes down to hell, destroys them, rises from the dead. What looked like a loss becomes a victory because God has been orchestrating, working the pieces together for the ultimate of miracles. And sometimes what looks like a delay for you and I is God, is God just working the circumstances and we have to trust Him. Trust higher than faith. Faith is specific and focused. But trust, trust in God who's got the big picture sorted. I'm I'm, I'm staying in my position of prayer, but he's got the big picture sorted. He's got the timing. He's got the way to do this. I'm not praying, God, what's the way to make this all work? I'm praying, God, you make this all work. You'll reveal it to us when it's time. Probably half of it you won't even need us for. You'll just work it out yourself. But my prayer allows you. And so if there's there's delay, it's okay. It's okay. The, The third thing I want to talk about right now, is sometimes the answer comes as different to what you thought. When you're praying, you're like, I've been praying for this. I've been locked in, praying that God would answer me in this particular way. I remember back in the green building, back in the, on Main Drive, and we would, we were, we'd prayed our way into this building, 400 square meters. The whole building is probably the size of this auditorium with offices up like a mezzanine floor. We'd prayed our way in, and we decided there was another half of that building. God's going to give us this other half. We had scriptures. I would stand in meetings and I'd put my hand on the back wall and say, we're going to, and we'd visualize, we're going to get the sledgehammers down. We're going to knock this wall out as we go into the other side. (laughs) We're filled with faith. See, faith is always specific and focused and locks in on something. Trusting in God overall, but locks in on something. Faith is never, oh, whatever you want to do, God. Faith always has focus. It's always specific. You always take steps towards something. But your trust is, here, here's the great thing, although we're praying for that the way God works, is he, He's like, now you think you're praying for the other half. You don't know this, but I've got this building over in Premier Circuit. It's five, it's five times, no, seven times bigger. Seven times bigger, and it will be four times bigger than the double that you would get. Your big faith has got you going for the other side. But I'm thinking way bigger than you're thinking. But here's the beauty of God. He'll take all of the prayer that you put towards a specific purpose and a specific step, which might not be the right step, but because it's faith, he loves it. He'll take all of that. And then one day he'll just go scoop up that bucket of prayer and boom, I'll tip it over on premier circuit. I'll just do that. For us in that moment, this is the leading of God. One day I got a letter from some people. And as I read the letter, we were in a three-day fast. And when I read the letter, it said, oh, we're building a building in Premier Circuit. And we're thinking about you guys. It could be perfect for you guys. As I read that letter, the presence of God hit me. I'm like, no, no, that can't be. We're going to have the other half of the green building. No, no, God. God. I read that letter. The Holy Spirit just quickens. And I'm like, okay, I wonder. I began to talk to Danielle. Mate, would, would we want to move over? And it was, wasn't this building. It was another one. Here's the thing. God will move you towards His ultimate plan if you just keep praying and keep believing and keep walking with Him. It might look different to what you're thinking right now. Your whole circumstances, where God's taking you, might look different to where you're... you're, you're so that's why don't get so locked in on a thing. Get locked in on God who knows where he's taking you, still lock in, but because in that's faith. Faith locks in, but trust God so that in the end, I said to Danielle and I were talking, we're like, well, it would be awesome to have something bigger than just the other half. We're starting to think maybe that would be too small. Wouldn't it be great to have a cafe and a big dedicated kids area and all these different things? And we're like, oh, no, no, but we've been praying for this. And then I said, okay, Lord, will you just confirm that this is what you're wanting us to do? Well, you give me a scripture, and I felt like the Lord said, Look at yesterday. And I went to my journal from yesterday, and the scripture was the place where you are is too small. Get up and go to the Jordan. God was already speaking. Here's the thing God's got a plan. We, uh, we're focused on selling this land and going to Power Road, but who knows? our our, our trust is not that it's power road I'm believing it is and I'm focusing as if it is that's what prayer does but maybe God's got something even better and bigger this is the way it works he won't always fulfill your dreams but he has a habit of exceeding your dreams and when you look back you go didn't see that coming didn't see that happening but man I'm glad we're in this building it really worked for us for the last decade I believe God wants that for you. You can, be, you can be so locked in praying for this. You're locked in on praying for that guy. And God's like, well, he's good. But actually, I've got this guy. He doesn't look like you thought he was going to look. You've been locked in praying for this job. God goes, well, that's, that's good. But, but I've got this. Open up your heart. The key is to be, and I've got, I've got a number of texts and messages this week from people. I've got one from Margaret Appleton just talking about the key is that you just stay submitted to God. Filled with faith, which is, which is focused, but submitted to God. He has a habit of surprising us over and over again. Can we close our eyes right now as we come to a close this morning? Prevailing prayer. Don't stop praying. Although opposition comes your way. Don't stop praying. That all hell breaks loose. Don't stop praying. Although there seems to be a delay and no answers coming your way. Don't stop praying. If it's not looking like you thought it was going to look. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying.